Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's on at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram. I'm delighted to be night with you here this evening. Oh, what was that? With the great Shawnee O'Leary. Shawnee, welcome along. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Giggles. What a what a weekend of hurling. Can't wait to get into the to the detail, but also off the top as well. It's 30 years from, since the immortal feat of the greatest. GA County winning the double in hurling and football. What a time. Good man, Shawnee. Looking back at that. Come on, Shawnee. Never to be done again. Welcome along, Shawnee. Welcome along. Great to have you on the line as well, Giggles. It, uh, good to be here. It'd be interesting to see actually who is more All Ireland's senior in men's Cork with football and hurling combined or Kilkenny? Cork, too. As in, like, Kilkenny All Ireland's total? Yeah. Like oh, how many football? Thirty-six, aren't they? Yeah. How many football Ireland's do Cork have, Shani? There you go, one for you. They've only six or seven, like they've. Oh, I reckon Kilkenny have more. How many hurling have they got? Have they no, got I'll, the thirty hurling? Carry on, Liam. I'll Google. Yeah, that's what you know. Really, Shani, when they're the show is on. <laughs> just a big, just a big plug for giggles. He has sporting a new, um, new watch, a new Garmin. Now we're not sponsored by Garmin, sponsored by O'Neill's. If they had um, smartwatches, he'd have an O'Neill's one on, but they don't currently make them. So he has that over the top of his hoodie just so we can see it here on the Zoom call. It's very flash. Plays music while he runs. He's running that bit faster at the moment, so he's delighted with himself. Um, I took two minutes off my my, my, uh, 5K with the sprints in it yesterday with the watch on, so I must be doing something right. Thank you, Giles. Great show lined up for you this evening. Obviously, obviously coming to uh, the crescendo of the club, Championships back at home, we're in, in county final season more now with some great semi-finals at the weekend. We've got some great ones to look forward to this weekend, so we're covering them on this week's show. We've also got the the power the power rankings, Giggles power rankings, which have been very controversial. A lot of feedback coming in on them. We'll touch on that in that segment. Um, and we also are going to look ahead then, obviously, what's happening with inter-county season. Um, we've seen that the GA have announced that they're going to fund all the counties with the government then funding um, the GEA to essentially deliver an inter-county season this year which is kind of something we've never seen before so um, lots going on cases going up in Ireland cases going down in Melbourne thankfully not great seeing them up in Ireland Dublin is about to go into lockdown it looks like where will inter-county games be played in the next few weeks it's all going to be very very interesting so uh, let's get into it straight away It's always you know great to you know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and but you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and it's just, there's nothing like coming back there, like. It wasn't a fancy open top bus, I think, about Dublin's, Richard Dublin's lorry, and up in the back of the lorry and off down. It's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. Lovely, lovely, lovely country people in Kilkenny. Um, we interestingly we did a, a bit of a, a new for, thing for G at the weekend. We covered the half time of the Western Australia um, final between Sarsfields and um, Shamrocks over in Perth, and we did a little live broadcast on video at half time. We got a lot of people tuned in. We got a lot of comments. One of the main comments that got, got a lot of likes was, "Why does John always talk?" Good, good, good point there. He does seem to do a lot of talking, um, but look, that's what he's that's what he's here to do. But sometimes he does does it more than 
and Shawnee likes in particular. But we'll look. We'll keep. We'll try and keep the reins on him on tonight. But yeah, it's something we're going to look to do. Hopefully, when we come out of lockdown as well, is do some live um, podcasts on on the video and li- stream live on our Facebook, which you can get on Akaday GAA. But quickly on that final um, giggles and Shawnee, we did watch that, and obviously people at home would have been maybe one or two people um, tuned in. We saw an exhibition from uh, former Kilkenny hurler Owen Guinan and the guys have played against him. Um, in many state games over here in Australia, he scored. What, what did you have him on the final score, Sean? Did he score, score 4 12 or 4 13? 4 11. 4 11. He scored 4 11 in total, which was. Out of 7 20. which was a fair haul in the final. It was a, an entertaining final, to say the least. We had absolute goals going in every couple of minutes, and great to see Western Australia stream the game live um, and be able to tune in. So that was, uh, was entertaining on a Sunday. And the thing about it is, like, Owen Guinan is there probably the last 12, maybe 11, 12 years. Like, he's well-known there. All your teams know him. He's a marked man, and he's still pulling out these massive scores. It's just yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's fair going. It's fair going. Okay, Shawnee, have you got to got the stat for us here? How many Ireland's have Cork won? Yeah, it's actually, it's 30, 30 it's uh, one between them. Cork won five football titles. So can you have one more? All-Ireland hurling, five more, yeah. uh, football. Yeah, that's good. Good. That's what we thought. Thanks for confirming, Shawnee. Uh, <laughs> happy now for the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it is great that that 30th anniversary, though. That is fantastic, Shawnee. And I hope you celebrate that inside this weekend. And also, that's 15 years since you last won a hurl in Ireland. So, maybe you want to celebrate with it. Um, but going on the, the club scene, we had the Kilkenny County semi finals at the weekend. Um, live on RTE2. We had Dix- like Dixborough, Lachlan's, and we had James Stevens, The Village versus Ballyhale Shamrocks. I know the boys were tuned in as well. I had obviously a close eye on the Dixborough one first up. Um, I don't know about what you thought, but I thought they're two very, very entertaining games. Maybe we'll start with the latter one in, in James Stevens and Bally Hale. What an absolute cracking game of hurling that was. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I, whatever way I looked at my phone when I woke up, I, I watched them back. I thought it was 326 to 122, and I got I thought I got it spot on. I thought, geez, yeah, they won by about 8 or 12 points. And then I actually watched it back, and I, I couldn't believe how close it was, especially... After Ballyhale going two eight to six points up, you know you would have thought they'd kick on here. And Colin, Colin Fenley and TJ Reid are just they're just like the two lads who marked them did all right. Like in fairness to them, they're, they're a very small fullback now. He gave his he's hard as him. Shane the guy he was number seven, but he was six. Brazil did a very good job on TJ, but the boys still probably came out with Colin came out with two four. TJ probably came out with one three or one four from play and and whatever many frees. There's just it's a serious axis to have, and you, you noted the styles of play, the differences in that James Stevens were going short through the lines, whereas Dean Mason was just bombing puck outs down on the two boys. And if they weren't winning it, Owen Cody or Brian Cody or Evan Shefflin was coming in after break and they were getting scores. Um, I, I'd have to say, I think if you looked at the two teams physically going onto the pitch, you would have thought Bally Hayter are going to wipe the show here with these guys because. James Stevens looked a lot lighter, and in particular, like their two corner forwards and Ty Mar, Ty Dwyer, Gilfoyle, Ty Dwyer, Gilfoyle, serious games from both of those guys, and they were looked like they're too young for this. Keen Kenny in midfield had a great game. Um, the, yeah, Cheddar Plunk has done a, a fair job on them in twelve months, I guess, considering that they got such a beating in the county final last year from Ballyhale. Yeah, big time. Yeah, look, it was a, a brilliant game of hurling. I had the same as yourself, giggles when I when I watched it back. I didn't actually know the score and I saw here Bally Hale go here when you got got that lead up I was like oh it's going to be all over here and 
the way they dug in was was amazing. To kind of, they had the league going in at half time. I actually think they actually had turned it around by half time. And look, the longer the game went on, it was like it was like the first game of the season when Tullerone played Ballyhale Shamrocks. He just kind of felt Shamrocks aren't going away here. They just don't go away. And even you know they were in that kind of firing distance. And next minute, ball into TJ, and that dummy that Colin Fenley done. I've actually never seen, I've often seen, you know, a guy thrown up and bring it back in. He actually just threw his hand out with the ball in his hand and brought his hand back in. The ball never left his hand and finished it. Like, you know, it was a phenomenal finish and yeah. it's great to see him back, especially for Kilkenny as well. He played such a big role of full forward for them last year and just goes to show he's, you know, he's, you know, he's 30, he's 32 now, maybe 31, but he's a lot of miles on the clock. He's still going to do a job for Kilkenny this year, you'd hope, a full forward. And I, I suppose the one thing I would say, you know, Shamrocks did look ordinary at times in defence. You know, they were got at a lot. And what they're, what they're known for for years and years over is their forwards. And it was their forwards that, that dug it out from in particular, the axis of, of, of TJ and Colin, which you saw TJ got man in the match. But I thought, you know, Colin was probably unlucky really not to not to get it himself. And Sean, you were tuned in as well. Yeah, I, I actually, I was up at four o'clock on Sunday morning at a... a um, I had a margin of games. I watched Warga still in course he's first, and then I, I watched the two Kikini semi-finals. But um, yeah, that was the one contrast, I guess, which Giggles pointed out there is the the physicality of both teams. And and even the full back that was on Colin Finley, I was like, he said it's gonna get taken to the cleaners for the day here. And they just hung in there, they were just nipping at their heels the whole time, you know, getting a hurley in, getting a hook in, a block in. They just kept at it, they kept at it, turned the game around. And as you said, they played the lines all the time, didn't play into the big men of, of Ballyhill Shamrocks. And I think that's what happened to their backline is their backline got stretched and run around the place, um, which they didn't which didn't favour them. Um, and that's the way Ballyhill got at them and or sorry, um, James Stevens got at them. But they were they were very unlucky in fairness. I mean, the I I don't remember the name of the number five that was on TJ. I thought he played quite a good game as well for Brazil, yeah. He he actually yeah, he actually had a great game. I think one thing that he would have been walking off the field was the amount of wides he drove. He actually won a yeah. lot of primary possession in the half back line. It was great going forward, but I actually he ended up at three or four wides, which you know when you look back from it was a, whatever it was the difference in the end. He actually had seven wides. He had seven wides, Liam. Seven. He had seven. There you go. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's not forgivable, really. Sorry, you know. And as oh. Bre- Brendan Cummins said on on the on the commentary, his number isn't high enough to be shooting from there. Um. So, like, I think Brendan Yeah, Brendan Renault. You know, I so look. It was it was a brilliant game. I I do think James Stevens. You know, yeah, they'll be delighted with the effort, but I think they'll be sick and they didn't win. I don't think they'll be happy with you know. God, we put it up to the Shamrocks. They would be devastated they didn't get that one over the line yeah. because they were there for the taking. Well, you've seen Cheddar at the game. He was, he was like absolutely deflated. Like Cheddar, yeah. it was like he was playing out there. He was. The air was gone out of him at the end. He just had no energy left, really. I'd say he'd poured his heart and soul into the whole game and probably the, the preparation as well, obviously. He had a serious beanie on as well, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. There's probably two moments, though, in the game that like turned it when you think about it. And if you go to 59 minutes, James Stevens had done 70% of the hurling. Tigmaher broke through, brilliant burst. And there was a lad inside. All he had to do was hand pass it inside. He was a substitute to come on and it was a definite goal. And he went for the shot and Joey Holden and Ferriston blocked it down and the ball ended up the field. And a couple of minutes later, then the ref gave that free. Like I was actually, I rewinded it back and I was like, where's the man touching the ball here? I didn't see one set of finger. Now, fairness to the referee, he was right beside it and he was very definite. And the James Stevens players didn't react in a way that you would think that 
they were done here. There was no argument. So he must, there was no argument. Yeah, there was no argument. No. Yeah, there was. That was my thing. So, but if if Tyg Maher squared the ball, the game Tyg Dwyer, Tyg Dwyer, four yeah. points to James yeah. Stevens. Tyg Tyg Dwyer. Sorry, yeah. he and like he was probably he unlucky that. himself that he didn't get mad of the match. Um, himself, he was he was he had an amazing match in France. He was probably the best player in James Stevens. Um, but that was just one decision, probably a bit of an experience um, cost him there, and difference between being in the final and not in the final. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we look. It was an excellent game, and I think it's funny. It was a game we saw go right down to the wire. With no, you're watching at home where we're watching in Australia. No one in the match, but the, like there was huge tension watching the game. Like it, it kind of gave me hope as well for. When the inter-county season comes around, we we don't think RT or the likes are going to do the fake crowd noise for the hurling. I don't, it didn't matter. You know, you, you're still sucked into that match. Um, There's enough roaring and shouting going on from the line to have a microphone over the substitutes, which is which is actually nearly good enough. Uh, so, look, absolutely brilliant county semi-final. And then obviously Bally Hale, Shamrocks will be facing. Giggs, you want to make another point? Or yeah. Just, just one thing to yourself, Liam, and it was just an interesting point. I thought you've got probably two of the biggest teams in Kilkenny uh, at the moment. One managed by a Waterford man, one managed by a Leash man. I just thought it was an interesting observation, and I thought maybe you might give some insight into that. Like with the amount of experience you have in Kilkenny, how Kilkenny people aren't managing those clubs, Liam? Yeah, no, it's a good question, Giggles. And I think you, you, we've seen, especially in Ballyhale in the last few years, we've actually had. We've obviously Shefflin has been in there a couple of years beforehand, but. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head now. He was a Carlo Hurling manager. What's his name? Bonner, Colin Bonner. Yeah, Colin Bonner. He was managed in Ballyhale before. Ballyhale haven't been afraid to bring in someone from the outside for a number of years. And obviously, you think with the depth that they've had in their club and people have gone through the door, that that wouldn't be required. But they haven't been afraid to do that. Um, and in James Stevens as well, they've gone for some someone outside. But uh, look, I don't have an issue with it myself. I would have an issue if it was at the county level but at club level I suppose it's quite common now to see you know, there's people I hit saying on the circuit going around doing these things but look they're two high profile teams um, I think to manage a Kenny club team being you know Cheddar has obviously managed Leash um, but like you know these are big big teams to manage and you know big profile um, I don't have an issue but yeah it is two of the biggest teams in Kenny having outside managers is, is unique at the moment I suppose yeah, but we had we had Dixburg. Yeah, no, the big the big semi final was on first. <laughs> big semi final was on first. Um, Dixburg and Lachlan Gales. Another, I thought it was another very entertaining game. Um, obviously delighted with the result. I just thought Dixburg had had a bit too much for Lachlan's all the way through. Um, hurled hurled very very well. I thought from from one to fifteen. Now they got enough of it in places as well. I think you know um, didn't have it all the wrong way. Lachlan's with Ono Shea playing at centre forward and Killian Buckley. You know he gave Killian enough. I think he walked off with five points on play after the match. Killian had a very good first half and probably on a shame he got the better of him in, in, in the second half. Um, but look, Dixborough, I thought, were very, very strong, especially Shane Stapleton, the Dublin man, um, scored a phenomenal goal and a few points and a couple of great sidelines as well. Uh, also, Aidan Nolan with that goal and he was probably concentrated until he went off and he actually has a collapsed, a collapsed lung, I think. So I think he's um, he's in a bit of bother. Hopefully he, you know... Get, comes back around for the county final, but time was probably ah uh, massive loss. loss. Yeah, huge loss. He was he was fantastic, and that goal he got it was you know an unbelievable goal that we came in along the line, kind of similar mm. that we saw with Colin Fenley, kind of a different dummy. He brought the ball back in, and Paddy Deegan was just about to hook him and absolutely buried it. I thought some of the yeah you know, Paddy Deegan and Hugh Lawler probably didn't cover themselves in glory. I didn't think I thought they were kind of average. Wouldn't have come across as inter county players um, on Saturday in Nolan Park, but. 
I think, yeah, look, Dixborough will be delighted to have got the win over Lock and Gales second time this year and will face into the final in, you know, in good shape, bar picking up that injury for Aidan Null. Yeah, I thought I thought your half hour line was was it was really really big and instrumental in in the win. Um, Lee Moore played very well too. You had that other wing forward like Shane Stapleton. I didn't know he was from Dublin actually, but uh, he was phenomenal. He made he made um, Paddy Deegan look very average. And on the other side, while while um, while Kenny Buckley may have struggled, he still was very prominent. I guess for for uh, Dixborough, and I think that spine there, if you look at. Evan Cody, especially as well. Evan Cody and 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 um, and Buckley are really central, obviously, to, to your um, platform. But and I think that's that's one of the areas I think that's going to help you guys in in the final. Um, whether Shane Stapleton makes it back or not, now is going to be a big issue. Ed Noll. But I thought you looked comfortable all the way throughout, didn't you? You never, to be honest, you never looked like losing in my eyes. And the way I watched it, I always thought you had too much for them. Um, up fr- even up front and in the back, you just you're solid at the back. I like to look at that Evan Cody. Has he ever played um, with Kilkenny? Yeah, yeah. He actually was in with Kilkenny. He played a couple of league games and just didn't really work out for him. And he was and he was kind of dropped off it, you know. But he is very, very, very good hurler. Very, very big, strong unit. A great full back. Great man to come out with the ball. Very mobile. Very mobile yeah, as well. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I think Dixborough are in, in with a great shout of beating Ballyhale Shamrocks. I think they're the two farm teams in the county. Um and you know I think it'll, Aiden Nolan will, will be a big one though if he comes through because the Ballyhale some of the Ballyhale half-back line aren't particularly mobile and I think you know you, having the likes of Shane Stapleton Lee Moore and Aiden Nolan yeah. running at them I think getting them turned could be a huge advantage for Dixford but how we're going to go up against obviously at the reverse with Colin Felly and TJ Reid you know obviously we've got Killian and Evan there but you know that they're going to be two Massive battles as well, so I think it's going to be a great county final and great news that we're yeah. going to have a two hundred people as well at the matches. Government announced during the week that up to two hundred people are back at the game, so at least there'll be a few limited supporters from both sets of clubs at the matches again this for the county final, which is a which is a big boost. Um, I think I think Dixborough are a lot better set up to take on the Ballyhill challenge than James Stevens, even though James Stevens nearly pipped them. So it's a case of. Will the hungrier team coming through win the day, or will the experienced crew just put one one performance that they can say, "Well, we've got a break after this now, finally after three years on the road because they're double All Ireland champions." It's a very very mouthwatering county final now. I'd hate to call it to be honest either way because I think it will go either way. Liam, question for you: Have Baddy Hale and and Dixborough played each other in the recent past in Championship, and how has that gone? Yeah, look, they ha- they've come up against they kind of avoided each other in, in the draws a lot of times. Like Dixborough went out after um you know kind of quarter final stage last year with a bit of a whimper. So since they've won in two thousand seventeen, they haven't really kind of come up against each other. They did play in a county final against each other in two thousand and twelve, which is a few years back now. Baddy Hale coming out on top that day as well. So they probably ha- this. These two teams in in knockout championship haven't come up against each other a whole lot in recent years, but this kind of new Dixborough team that have come through. So I think it's going to be yeah, like you said, it's, it's kind of nicely nicely prized for a, a cracking final. And I think even just the way Nolan Park is set up at the moment and the ground is still hard, it's not like your kind of typical October, late October county final. It's you know mid September. If you get a dry sunny day like we've had for the last few matches, I think we could be in for just an absolutely brilliant game of hurling. Uh, between two two really good sides, so really looking forward to that one. Um, and we had we had lots of other club action at the weekend, Eagles. Well, I'll throw to Shawnee first. Cork, he watched the two Cork yeah. semi finals. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, just before I get to that, I watched obviously my own club Watergrass still in the quarterfinal of the intermediate. They um they were hot favourites going into it. They lost out to uh, Corsi Rovers. I guess we can't have watching the match. We don't have many too many complaints really. We they were a well organised Corsi Rovers team. Um, our guys, I don't know, I don't know what happened to them. To be honest, they just started launching ball into Shane O'Regan or I guess our Cork superstar, and just we're trying to go direct one direct route all the time. All high ball into him, as you know, giggles not not very favourable for a a fella around the same size as yourself. Um, <laughs> and they were used to being, you know, all the way up along the games they've won. They played it through the lines, you know, played the ball around, you know, got played it to hand a lot, you know, and just did not did not attempt to do that at all on on Saturday. And you know, it all came back to bite them in the ass, and they're out of the championship now. Um, of course, your overs now play Castellines in the semi final and Blarney and. Blarney and I can't remember Carrigaline in the other semi-final so that's I'll probably watch them this weekend but now going to the senior we two some absolute crackers in the in the quarter-finals um, Aaron's own and Sars on Saturday evening Sars who would have been very hotly tipped to win that game um, were beaten by Aaron's own very close neighbours so there's massive rivalry there Aaron's own have a lot of they had seven players from their last county final win in 2006. So, 7-0 players played on Saturday night against Sarsfields. Um, massive shock, and probably not a shock to Aaron Zone. They would have fancied themselves all the time against Sars. Sars are a much, very much a young team who've achieved a lot underage. Aaron Zone, kind of not as much, but still had those older guys to rely on. It was kind of... They kind of battened down Sars really and kind of got in their faces and slowed down the game for Sars. Um, the final score was 16 points to 112. I think one of the one of the main factors in it was Aaron Myers, who was from Sars. He he started off the game at 100 miles an hour, caught two puck outs and got two points, and straight away um, they moved Stephen Cronin, um, Aaron Zone onto him. You had Shane Murphy in as well inside. He was holding down the fourth inside as well. So. They've all played for Cork at some level or not, and like would have been regarded not to have the pace, I guess, against the against a very fast uh, Sarsfield team. But Sars came at, back at them as well. They got a goal, and it was it was down right down to the la- to the wire. Then Aaron Myers got through for a ball, right down on goal, and James O'Flynn, who has been touted as a new Brian Corcoran, got in a hook, lost his hurley, and was coming out to the line um, uh, with the ball. And uh, the uh, the water, the, the hurley carrier fired in a hurley. He caught the hurley and drove the ball out the field. And I think it was shortly after that the game was was uh, blown up. But uh, it was a bit is of what's new. Is he the new Brian Corcoran or is he the new Cot Devan? Which one? Exactly. I was <laughs> going to say he was either the new Cot Devan or the new. I couldn't think of her name there, Cot Devan. So yeah, um, look, Aaron's on march on. They're going to be coming up against Glen Rovers now. Um, they won't fear Glen Rovers at all. I think. Glen Rovers won't have played a game for four weeks when they come up against Aaron Zone. So I I I give Aaron Zone a big, big chance against Glen Rovers. I know Glen Rovers on paper will be, you know, totally to beat them. But um I give Aaron Zone a very big chance going into that. They're they're really well again, another team's very well organised. They're very experienced, so um they'll they'll still go a long way. The other game was um Black Rock and Douglas, which was on the Sunday. Um the first time I've seen Blackrock actually in this year's championship, and I was very impressed with them. Um, they've got Niall Cashman, who is the son of Jim Cashman in centre back, very, very much the same. 
I guess, solid player in the, in the half-back line. Michael O'Halloran, who was just back from injury, he's um, he would have been on the fringes of the Cork team. He won a Fitzgibbon with UCC this year as well. He got seven points from play and no wide. Never struck a wide for the whole game. Would you believe that, Eagles? Serious stuff altogether. Um, but no, I think the, the main thing in that, look, Douglas and Blackrock went down a toe-for-toe and it was point-for-point point all the way through. Um, and it looked like, you know... It looked like Douglas were going to come back at him. And in the third quarter, they moved Shane Kingston in full forward to get a bit more, I guess, get more of a, a foothold in the game and get more scores. And the Douglas team just started launching balls from way out because they were with the wind and just hitting wides and hitting long balls. And it was just that in that period, Black Rock actually scored 1-4 in that third quarter. And I think that's where the game was actually won. Um Look, Black Rock. We thought Douglas. We thought Douglas. We called all Douglas last week, didn't we, Shawnee? We thought, yeah. with the firepower to have up front. I thought they were, you know, I thought they were dark horses. I think. Look, Cadigan was was um, held held to about two or three points in the game. Brian Turnbull was good, but the Black Rock backs was very impressive, and they're very physical and mobile as well. So, um, I definitely give Black Rock. I think I thought from that game it would you'd be seeing the county championships. I still think Black Rock are going to be the county champions come the end of the, all of this as well. Um, so look, Black Rock have the history; they've got the experience in county finals in previous years. They lost heavily against the Imikili, um last year as well. So um, I still think that they're, that's the county championships for for Cork this year. And on the other side, you had UCC who beat New Piersig. Um, mm. New Piersig or uh, UCC had Paddy O'Loughlin who had played with uh, Kilmallock the day before. You had Mark Coleman who played the day before for Blarney. Uh, Shane Conway from Kerry as well. Um, they beat um, New Piersig 220 to 311. Um, and that, look, UCC will, will go ahead but I, I don't think they'll, you know, they'll progress too far after this. I think I think um, Black Rock will beat or will Black Rock will beat him handy enough. I don't. I just don't think they'll have it in in the tank for um, for Black Rock. And the other thing as well, are you I a big support. Are you a big supporter of UCC Liam in the championship, considering you're a former alumni. Or you're alumni of the alumni, yeah. them at all. Oh look, I'd always keep an eye out for the results because I'm always intrigued. We spoke about a couple of episodes ago, episodes ago how people from all over the country play with UCC in the Cork County Championship. Um, and I know a lot of Kenny lads love going down and playing, even though they've been playing the Kenny County Championship. The opportunity to play for UCC and that is a unique thing. So I do keep an eye on the results, but like the team, like you said, Johnny, the team changes. So there's no consistency yeah. to the team or their approach. No, just rock up I, and play. I don't have much of a, I don't have a much of a grievance, and this is probably being biased because I played with McKilly as well, and and I had an opportunity to play senior hurling because we didn't have a senior hurling club. But I think in the in the in the in the regards to the colleges, I think it still should be the Cork-based players that play with them. I know the I know the reason why <laughs> I know the reason why they have you know inter-county players. They they get scholarships and things like that within the colleges. So they kind of you know you could you could argue from that side. But in the, at the end of the day, it's a Cork County hurling championship, and you should be you know promoting Cork Cork hurlers and not and not any other county. So. Yeah, I, so I just, just, just want yeah, that 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 fits in well with the rest of kind of just wall off Cork and just separate it off from the rest of Ireland altogether. It kind of fits in well with that as well, Sean. Your thoughts on that? So I think look, a lot of people. Is there any colleges in the senior A lot of people would be supportive of just walling it off as well. Is there any colleges in the senior championship, Liam? Sorry. Oh. 
You come down to Cork for education, all right? That's you get your education. That's enough. <laughs> we send down our best hurlers right. to play there as well. Anyway, what giggles? What, what else? Are we go, what's going on else in the country this weekend? Um, the Ireland. We're moving on from the Little. We're moving on from the Little Ireland, are we? <laughs> the Cork County Championship. Uh, I, I, I think it'll be it's the Cork County Championship is poised. I think Shawnee is right there, and we'll touch on how that impacted Limerick in a minute. But Glen Rovers want to play the game for a while, and they're going to come in ring rusty. And if I'm right, Shawnee Glen Rovers are playing Aaron's own. Is this? They probably they're have. In fairness, yeah. yeah. Fergus Murphy won't won't like this, but they probably got the the best straw for a team with the break because. Aaron's own are older and like if they're still relying on Kieran Murphy and Owen Murphy who are in their mid to late 30s like which is probably not a good um, sign but you never know worst thing cool Larry and Offaly did it last year they had about eight starters over the age of 35 and they won the county final in Offaly but um, that break was a major impact in the Limerick Championship by the looks of it so what Limerick did was they played three rounds of hurling three weeks in a row then three rounds of football then they played the quarterfinals, and then they played the semifinals at the weekend. So the two teams who topped the group went into the semifinals, and they were Kilmallock and Patrick's well. And both teams were comprehensively beaten at the weekend because they wouldn't have played a match for five weeks, whereas the team coming through, uh, Dune and Napiercing, who had won the quarterfinal the week, weekend before, um, had the bit of momentum, had the, had the hunger. Very interesting games. Patrick's well... We're looking, we're kind of hanging on just before half time against the Piercing, but it was still a good game. Aaron Galan had two gloves on him. I think he had two broken fingers and he still played the game. You could see he was going out attacking the ball with the hurley as opposed to catching him with the hand. Um, but they got a, they got their cornerback sent off just before half time, which kind of put the lights out for them. And the Piercing ran out easy enough winners in the end, 125 17, and really puts them back in the, in the frame. It's, it's kind of a pity that we don't have Munster Club and Leinster Club and All Ireland Club to look forward to with all these brilliant teams coming through, especially given how much of a highlight is on the club game at the moment. But we don't. You never know. There could be challenge games organised later in later in the year to to settle some scores. But then on the other side, Dune, who had Richie English ruled out through a cruciate ligament, massive loss for a club team, and Darrow Donovan, Limerick midfielder, ruled out just through a normal, I think, hamstring injury beat uh, Kilmallock who were kind of you know on a, on a real high from the first three weeks but hadn't played they won by six points and they really won by more because I think Kilmallock had a goal through Graham Mulcahy at the very end so that sets up very nicely now and the Piercing versus Dune county final I reckon Darrow Donovan will be back for Dune and that the Piercing will be heavily favoured going into it they seem to have got their stride back again after that opening day loss but um Definitely similar to... It'll be interesting to see what happens with Glen Rovers given the two teams here with the five-week break both were beaten comprehensively because they probably had a lack of match practice. And in Limerick as well, I think Limerick were on a bit of a mini lockdown too. They couldn't go out and play challenge games outside the county. I think I think it, we've seen its momentum is key in this whole thing. I think it's been lucky in Kilkenny you kind of haven't had a break of longer than two weeks. I think you are disadvantaged in this format, if you have a break longer than two weeks, you go to a three or four week break, I think it's kind of madness to be honest. I know it's hard in dual counties where you're playing off hurling and football. Um, but yeah, I think that makes a huge difference coming off the back of playing a week, a game the week before, a tough game the week before, coming straight back in. I think you're just n- nicely poised, you're up at the, at the match pace and yeah, it's kind of proven it there in, in both counties this weekend. Yeah. I think a couple, a couple of other games around, around the country, um, 
Six Mile Bridge be there, all which wouldn't be a surprise. It was classic Six Mile Bridge, the way they play. They just get over the line. They don't seem to be outstanding, but they do the business and they beat Air Oak 17-1-13. But in a massive shock, um, Carl Doohan's Ballier were beaten by O'Callaghan's Mills. Um, like O'Callaghan's Mills scored one three in injury time to win by a point or something like that. Um O'Callaghan's Mills have Patrick Donlan playing from he'd be their only real player of note. He was the captain in 2013. They used to have PJ Fingers O'Connell is another member there club back from the 95 team. So that was a massive shock. So it's Six Mile Bridge versus O'Callaghan Mills in the final layer in a couple of weeks. But I was actually very intrigued and I watched all of the Antrim County final at the weekend. And I thought it was probably one of the most entertaining games I've seen. There was a guy, Kevin Malloy, midfield for Dunloy. He scored about 2-3 or 2-4 from play from midfield. He was outstanding. There was a corner forward who took a shot. I would have been proud of it myself. He was nearly on the end line when he took the shot, curled it back in and it went over the bar. And I know there are about 400 people up in the north of the game. This, the atmosphere was fantastic. It was played up in Valley Castle, which is right up the north of Antrim. And there's a kind of a famous pitch there. You kind of see a few clips of um, your man that plays for Valley Castle. I can't think of his name now. What's the, uh, Neil McManus. And you always see that kind of familiar backdrop in the background. So it's, it was a great setting and actually very enjoyable match. Dunloy have some serious hurlers there now, to be honest. Um, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was a really interesting match. The Glens of Antrim, yeah. And then Slot Neil won eight in a row in Derry. Easy, easy pickings for them. It's just a pity now that Dunloy and, and Slot Neil don't look for each other for the yeah. Ulster club. Yeah. They, would... they'll probably, they'll probably, they, they're, they're probably two clubs that will organise the challenge match. And just say, right, lads, <laughs> there's no cup, but there's lots of bragging rights on, on, on show here. Yeah. No, look, it's it's been unbelievable. It's come out as thick and fast, I think, and to see, obviously, TG Card, you know, must call them out. They've the ones who've kind of championed the club game for so many years with showing county semi-finals and finals was kind of a force to have on a television that started years and years ago. And then we've seen the last couple of years, some club games have started to come on TG Carter again. And then it's just been nothing but wall-to-wall coverage and RTE too picking up they had a studio set up for, for the Kilkenny County semi-finals on the Saturday. Marty Morrissey in Nolan Park as well, um, as well as the full production suite. So I think, you know, obviously they're they're keen to get the, the coverage on the screens, but it's done massive things for the club game. As we had, you know, caught locked it on last week, I think everyone has agreed right across the spectrum of the GA, which they have been for a long time, but this has kind of firmly put it in that this needs to be resolved uh, sooner rather than later with the club giving priority with all their county players playing. So... We're going to enjoy the next couple of weeks with some some great county finals coming up this weekend and, and next weekend. Um, and then, fingers crossed, we're going to see an inter-county season follow. And Liam, I, I, was, just, I was just doing a small bit of look because I, I reckon the quality of these club games that are on TV is, is, is outstanding at the moment. Like it's, it's obviously not as good as inter-county. Like the, if inter-county is the best from the county playing against each other. But I was just looking at Kilkenny and Limerick as an example over the weekend and I looked at the combined score so the combined score in Kilkenny was 678 and if you compare that to 2019 when the games will be on we call it in the muck and shit of yep. October, November the combined score was 657 so in two games a, a positive 21 points difference and then if you go to Limerick it's a similar story not as exaggerated but 270 combined score in the 2019 semi-finals between the same four clubs that were playing uh, doing the piercing, Patrick's well and Kilmallock. And this year it's 479, so a combined aggregate of 13 additional points. So it just shows that obviously the club scene might have been seen as the non-sexy version, but when you're playing in October, November, 
course it's going to be less intriguing because the ball travels that less, that little bit less faster. Whereas right now, it, they're get, the club players are getting the, the, the top of the ground, they're getting the hard ground, they're getting the good weather and it's it's really showing. So it will be interesting to see how the inter-county game pairs up. Now, I know they'll be playing on top-class pitches, but the winter time, the ball just slows down through the air naturally. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see the scores in the county game as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Regardless of you know, obviously the intercounty game being a top game, a good game of hurling is a good game of hurling. And because the club scene has gone yeah. gone up so much in the last few years, like the pace of all those games is phenomenal. Like you know, rewind five years, six years, seven years. Some of those games are as fast as intercounty games maybe five or six years ago. It's not far behind, given the training and preparation that clubs are putting in now. Which is whether that's sustainable or not is another question. But we're definitely getting the rewards. In entertainment value yeah, at the moment. Another thing is, is probably the pitches. And like, I mean, like the high, you know, the quality of pitches that they're playing on as well at the Intercounty are going to be, you know, they're not going to be heavy, heavy grounds. Like they're going to be well maintained. And I know the ball won't be hopping off it like it's it's concrete, but it'll still be mm. a quality surface that, you know, they'll be able to have a really high quality fast game. So they should I, play Mall Nolan Park, the best pitch. They should play Mall Nolan Park, the best pitch in the country. <laughs> Um, mo- moving on anyway, really? yeah, hundred percent. We got four there, two years in a row. Well, nobody's nobody's ever seen that, Liam. On yourself, I've sent it on to you before, Shawnee. You just didn't, you just ignored it, just because you play down the beach down there, in Parky Queeve, sixty million dollar beach, sixty million euro beach. Anyway, moving That's on, we've top quality. I watched two games out of the weekend. Oh, it's I want to be, I want to be. Quality. So we're all after bailing you out. I want to be. We're after spending another twenty million to fix the pitch. Anyway, mo- in, the, in, the, in Ireland, like so, why wouldn't you? Oh my God! Don't, don't get me started. We should have cut. We should have cut Cork off. We should have cut them off and let them sink. That's what I would have done. Anyway, moving on. We got the club power rankings coming up next week. Giggles. Oh, not that one. We we'll go with this one. I met a strange lady, she made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said, do you come from a land down under? Kegels, your power rankings have got, you know, a lot of feedback of course You're a very controversial figure as we know, both on and off the podcast um, But, you know, a lot of feedback coming from my, my particular county saying One from a, a, a man called Kenny Burdock and Kenny saying Tell Giggles Ballygunner need to find a ball winner or two under forwards first before they can be considered the number one team in Ireland. Another listener in Kilkenya, I can't say his name because of a bit of profanity in there, saying he's just disgusted with these power rankings and Ballygunner's position on them as well. Um, I think myself and Shawnee had a similar a similar opinion on the last week's episode, but keen to hear keen to hear your power rankings this week, so we'll get into that. This week. So the, the two notable absentees that last the weekend, Ballyhay and Patrick well have fallen out. Just to call that out, I think it's you no know, like Patrick's weather are a big surprise. But he with the boats are a big surprise. But if you lose the county semi final, you have to be thrown out of the top ten. Look, I was I was kind of considering putting in Dunloy or Stockneil, but I just think at the expense of this tenth team. But I just think if the tenth this team played either of those, they'd win. So in a ten, a re-entrant to Six Mile Bridge, they just all there's nothing fantastic about them, but they're. They're going for their fifth or sixth county final in nine years in Clare or something like that. So they, they have to be noteworthy. Up one position from 10, they didn't play as Hurlock Moore. 
a new entrant at eight. I did a bit more homework on these lads. I think they're going to win the Tip County Championship as Killadangan. Um, there's a real fantasy story going on um, with Lockmore Castellani. They're after getting to both the football and the Hurling County Finals with the exact same pool of players. I do think that's going to catch up with them. Kildangan are a really young side and they've got some of the, the Tipperary panellists that would have come on, actually. They probably would have dished out all the punishment at the end, Liam, last year to Kilkenny. I think there's a Willie Connors and a few others, um, but they're in at eight. Dixborough up one from eight to seven, oh. and they'll surely climb if they can if they can if they can knock the mighty Bally Hale off. Um, Chemeliers, Wexford County champions up one from seven on account of Patrick's well gone. Kula in fifth place, oh, down two from three. Sorry. Keep going, Giggles. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Let him finish. Kula in fifth, down two from three in the piercing up. Four from seventh into fourth. St. Thomas is down one from two into third. Ballyhale up one from three into second. And I'm leaving Ballygunner at the top. And if Ballyhale win the county championship, they'll go to one. Just call that out there. But uh, take your man's point on board about the ball winner. The Ballygunner wouldn't be noted for having major ball winners. And they don't play that game at all. Like if you watch them, they don't hit puck outs. And it goes back to my point around maybe this year might have been Ballygunner's year with the, with the time of the year it's played in. And if you do, if if you did end up getting to a Munster Club final that was in August rather than November, it would definitely suit this Ballygunner team. Um, whether they would win the games in October, November against the likes of a Ballyhale who are way more physically, or, or in the Piercing who are a lot more physical, is a question mark. It's a fair question to ask. But I'm just going on this year and this year alone and who I think would win in a game at the moment. I think if Ballygunner played Ballyhale at the moment, I think Ballygunner would have the backs to really put pressure on Colin and TJ anyway and with the Ballyhale defence the way it's looking at the moment and the way the Ballygunner attack is actually functioning I think Ballyhale or Ballygunner would win that game this year right now I'm, there you go I'm going to thanks Giggs excellent update there and you know, there's, there's great science behind that power rankings um, but I'm going to call this one out Shani I'm interested in your thoughts on it right and this is just a selfish point if Dicks were to beat Ballyhale the county final Surely Dixborough are on top of the power rankings, given that Ballyhale are the double All Ireland club champions. Back in two years I, in a row, I'll give it you. I'll give it you consideration over the week, over the next two weeks, Liam. <laughs> we'll see where we are this time, two weeks time. Okay. Did, um, what do you think, Johnny? Did, um, did Saint Thomas's win last year's county in uh, Galway? They've won the last two in Galway. They're going for three in a row, I believe. All right. Yeah, look, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I want to know, I want to unwind this science and unpack it, Liam, um, to understand it a little bit more. Um, I would, I would actually go along with you. I mean, the fact that Ballyhale are not top is the first, the first. It's ridiculous um, that Ballyhale. It's ridiculous that Ballyhale are not top at the moment. I think. I think they'll lose anyway against Dixborough, but that's by the by. But like, how shall we deers? Shelmer Nines, whatever they're called. How are they ahead of any Kilkenny team? Because they're the Wexford champions and they walk the Wexford championship. Like they bet everybody by eight or ten points and the Wexford championship is a good championship. How many Wexford Club All Ireland winners have we had in the last while? I would no say idea, Lins, but I'm going on this I'm, go, I'm, I'm going on this year and the actual quality of the Wexford championship, the fact that it's just Happened so early, it's kind of clouded your mind because it's in the past. It's still three weeks ago or four weeks ago since Sheldon Milliers won it. Yeah. They haven't been playing in, in, in recently, but they won it playing really, really 
sexy hurling, like uh, <laughs> top of the ground hurling, oh, scoring three eighteen, three nineteen in a torpy hurling, exactly. But they, like Dixborough haven't won the Kilkenny County. If Dixborough win the Kilkenny County Championship against Ballyhead, they jump up high. I can tell you that. Oh, great! They'd be delighted with that. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have my endorsement. I'm sure they're ringing out for it. <laughs> There we go. There's the, the Giggles Power Rankings brought to you by Garmin Forerunner. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for thanks for that, Giggles. Um look, yeah. I think look the club, like we said, the club is generating conversation all around the country at the moment. Everyone's tuned into all the games. Um it's very, very exciting. But we actually had a huge uptake on our episode last week with with, with Cotton Lockton on the show. Huge. Um and obviously we get the stats and all the listeners and we had the whole of I suppose uh, the area of Newtown Chandram tuning in on the stats and SoundCloud. It doesn't specifically say Newtown Chandram, but we had we had big uh, listeners in Charleville, Kilmallock, in Limerick as well, Mallow, Kinmare, Newcastle West. No one, no one listens in Waterford, but that's that's any episode. Um, so a big, big, epi- big tuning in in Cork. Obviously, Kilkenny always high up the list as well. But Sydney was number one last week with nearly the all, majority of our listeners coming tuning in from Sydney with, with Cottle obviously being on and Cottle was great with his time. And we have that final this weekend up in Perth. It's been streamed, or sorry, in Sydney. Um, it's been streamed live again. Um, I wonder, hopefully there's there's commentary this weekend. There was no commentary in the in the Western Australia final, which was a bit disappointing. Um, but yeah, so we have... When we get out of this lockdown, we have to do a show on Sydney. Hundred percent, yeah. We've had so many guests on. They might even fly us up, yeah. would they? Yeah. Put that call out there now. Yeah. yeah, we're giving them first one. All the cash in Sydney. Yeah. All the money's in Sydney. Yeah. I was on a flight there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend um, in Ireland, but also a good weekend this week. We'll tune in for a game in middle of the day and be able to watch it live on a Sunday, which will which will be nice. Um, interestingly, though, we had. Um, it got past Central Council, did have a meeting on Saturday just before the two um, Kilkenny County semi-finals. That, the All-Ireland series is going ahead in minor under 20 and senior, which is fantastic to hear. Um, and with the GEA funding the counties for their preparation for this year's inter-county season to the tune of somewhere in the region of 20 to 30 million euros, which is not small change when you think about it, where they're going to fund them for... Around you know an eight to twelve week period, and the stipulations are they're allowed to train only twice a week during the week, and at the weekend they can play either a challenge game or another training session, and that's the rules that they have to stick to to, to obtain the funding. With then the Irish government coming in and reimbursing the GEA for the money that goes out the door from Crow Park to the counties, so we can you know and you can even see Michal Martin during the week speaking about uh, how he's obviously a big a big GEA man himself that they really see that. You know, COVID is obviously kind of taking back up a Corkman, yeah. Taking back up that, you know, the Ireland Championships going ahead is going to be a massive morale booster for the country. Um, but, like, massive money. And I think Jack Anderson, who has been on this podcast only recently, had an article in the Irish Examiner today saying, like, that money is obviously not sustainable for counties preparing their teams. As we, as we know, it's getting higher and higher every year, that bill. And hopefully what they're seeing now with this more succinct championship both at club level and county level might bring some of that spending back into line when they're not having this season drawn out where counties are back training in December and go all the way to late September um, that we might see a more condensed season and might take some of that financial burdens off county so that's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out um, yeah 
And you see D- uh, Dub- are Dublin getting locked down, aren't they? Yeah, Dublin's probably locked down, yeah. That'll be interesting how they're going to manage that. Yeah, look, B- Buff made um, an, an interesting c- c- comment during the week that they should play the Ireland final and the games in Turles this year, seeing that there's going to be no one at the matches anyway. I actually think that's a, a pretty good call. I suppose my, my concern would be Turles in December with, I'm not sure, their drainage would not be the same level as Crow Park. Yeah. I think you know, you're going to probably have the games up in Crow Park just given the surface, but that would be pretty iconic. If it was a normal year where COVID was on and you were having a game in an Ireland final in September, playing that in Turles would be would be pretty epic. I know we know one at it, but we would, would have still been pretty good. But I think it's going to be interesting to see the protocols around where all these games are going to be played. It's going to be interesting when we, when we, when we get into it. Is it going to be neutral venues? Does it really matter? How is that all going to play with no one at the games? Play it up in the Glens of Antrim and you can have as many as you want up there. Yeah. 400, Shani. <laughs> yeah, that'll be... Yeah, we'll 400, approximately. 400 approximately. Oh, yeah, yeah, look, I think I think everyone's just so excited that the Hurling Championship is going ahead and it's going to be unique because it's... It, well, it's not knockout. It's like you only got one backdoor chance and the backdoor will be a minefield. I think... I know we don't talk much about the football championship on this. In fact, we don't talk about it at all. Uh, probably because we don't have a clue, but that's even going to be even more intriguing because that is straight knockout. That is going to be class. Yeah. Like on any given day, anyone can beat anyone if someone has a, an off day. Jesus, like touch wood, just doesn't happen. Don't five Dublin players get COVID and they're playing Mead and Mead could cause a shock, and that's it. Dublin are gone. Do you know, or vice versa. You look at Mayo versus Galway in the knockout game up 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 in up in Connacht. There's there's going to be huge. Interesting, obviously, mm. but it's just going to bring an extra element of kind of fairy tale to it because we're going back twenty years to an old system that used to just bring out the best in in the whole of Irish culture, really. Because you could train for six months in a one game, you were gone, and that's what probably was going to happen here again. Quick, quick question for you guys, right? Will the scenario in the hurling is the the Ireland Championship gets played out in full? No teams are impacted by COVID. Is there an asterisk beside this year's All Ireland winner? No, absolutely not. No, because if if every single team in the mix, just because it's condensed, it, it probably makes it even more valuable to the team who's won it. Because right, a county season is is long and drawn out and treacherous for anyone who's been involved in it. I obviously haven't, but it's just it's it's as you said, Liam. You're going from December to September, but to be able to play it in a what is it a 12 week window a 10 week window whatever it is just means it's like a, an absolute carnival of hurling or a carnival of football or whatever it is the, the cream is still going to come to the top uh, whether that's Kilkenny Tipperary Galway Cork Waterford Limerick the best team is going to win it and the best team will win the All-Ireland and um, every team will still be prepared they're getting 30 million put into them across the country across both codes they're going to be extremely well prepared you're, you're talking percentage margins of probably less than 1% that the peak performance that they might have last year versus this year. But they're still going to have an amazing training set up, full gyms, nutritional programs, team tactics, team talks. Could be a bit of luck this year. The team that avoids the, the most injuries could get on a momentum, as we talked earlier, is going to be a big thing. But I absolutely don't think there's an asterisk beside any year. It's the same. It's the same playing field for everybody. Like everybody's in the same situation. Yes, you can say the Wexford lads have a bit of a head start with their county championship, but that's 
that sounds like their county board and the way they run run it. So But they're not meant to be tra- they're, they're not they're not meant stuff. to be trading though, Shani. I know, but you, you know they are. You and Davy is gonna have them somewhere. But like they've parked the club championship as well. So the the, the, the inter-county teams have got the best preparation they got better preparation this year than any other year I reckon because club championship is part that's it it's done and dusted now all we do is concentrate in our county and as I said it's it's a it's a 12 week window whatever it is and that's all they've got to it you know it's probably easier mentally to focus yourself for that rather than stop start you know permutations of draws and things of like this I think I think it's the best format they've ever had so far. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think we're going to see it not next year, but hopefully the following year, where it'll just be the periods in the calendar will be just inter-county season and just uh, club season. Club. And it's it, like it's actually I kind of forgot when we're facing into this next part that it is just inter-county. There's like there's yeah. no normally like you go through your your intercounty season you still have club in between where the players go back to their clubs it does happen in Kilkenny I know in Cork the, cl- the club players don't go back and play the league games it's a kind of Mickey Mouse competition down there but it's you know it's serious in Kilkenny so it's interesting that they're just going to be solely with their counties for oh, that ten for for that ten week period I kind of hadn't turned my mind to that part of it that they're really in that bubble of being just solely with their counties which is going to be very very interesting so. Yeah, look, it'll, we, it'll be like the NBA playoffs. It'll just be like, you know, game on game on game on game. It'll be class. I don't think there's an asterisk. Like, you could argue, is there an asterisk beside the 2012? Who won the All Ireland in 2012? Kilkenny. Kilkenny. 2002, sorry. Who won 2002? Kilkenny. Kilkenny. So, there's no asterisk. Call another year. Call another year there, Gales. All the Cork players were on strike. There's no asterisk beside Kilkenny winning it because Cork players were on strike. Oh, I thought it was start, 2009, God. similar. Self-inflicted you know I mean? things, there's, yeah. There's no, I, 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 I would just argue there's never an asterisk beside any hurling competition that it's just you have the best, you have the teams that are available and the best team always wins. Yeah. That's, that's Except your statement about 2013 was one of the easiest All-Irelands ever won. Softest All-Ireland ever won, fact. Yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. I don't... Did I say that? No, I, I did. Not 2013. No, it was Liam did, yeah. <laughs> I did it in 2013 when Claire won it, yeah. Yeah. 2008 was the softest on Ireland ever. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> yeah. All right, look, thanks so much, guys, for today. Um, look, we're hopefully, like, Melbourne is tracking in the right direction. You might notice we're a bit more upbeat today, so we're still on lockdown, still in a 5K radius. Cases are dropping, um, but things are starting to open up back a little bit, especially in the kind of regional, Melbourne and regional Victoria. So hopefully we'll be like the rest of Australia in a, in a couple of months' time. Um, but best of luck to everyone up in Sydney this weekend. Um, great to see them still flying the flag. And we'll be tuning into all the county final action at home and looking forward to... Verdicts, we, we should have touched on verdicts. Oh, What's quick, Sean, you've got the music on, look. Go on, go for it, go for it. I'll turn <laughs> three, it off. Three county Borough finals. Tip Limerick, and, tip Limerick and Sydney. Give us the three winners, Johnny. Tip Limerick and, and Sydney. Carmack McAnallens. Who's winning the Limerick final? Um, Dune. I'm going to go for Dune for an upset too. And Tip. Gildayan. And Tip is Lockmore. Who are you going with, Liam? I'm going to go for uh, Lockmore. I'm going to go for uh, McAnallens for the win in Sydney for their first one. McAnallens and Dune. Yeah. I'm going to go with Napiersig. I'm going to go with Killadangan. And I'm going to pick and give the shout out to Brian Vaughan. Come on, the Pats. Whoop. <laughs> Killadangan, not Killadangan. Killadangan. He's from Waterford there. Killadangan. Right, we go again. Take two.
uh, thanks very much to O'Neill's International Sportswear for all their support um, over the last few years at O'Neill Sportswear, you and Facebook and Instagram.